0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us in yet another sunny day here in an empty capital. I'm Matthew O'Neill, and today, as always, we ensure that we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First, we're joined by Nick Erlum, founder and chief executive of Plexus Cotton, a platform for sustainable agriculture and global trade. Nick, hello. Hello. Thank you for coming on the program today. Um, Now, normally we charge headlong into the subject of leadership, but considering our ongoing COVID-19 situation, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you how this has affected your business.
1: Um, Well, I think we've been a little bit uh, fortunate in that um, we operate uh, substantial agriculture uh, operations in Africa, and we are currently between seasons. Um, and the crop that is uh, we're just about to harvest in Mozambique is um, a crop that uh, we've already pre-sold. So uh, I think I think that we, we we've been somewhat fortunate. And in the UK, um, we sold our major trading business in 2016. Uh, we've been operating with a much more uh, smaller staff, a much more diverse staff, staff in in Liverpool and in London, and we we've, we've already uh, been set up for home working for quite a long period of time. So mm. I think with the the Zoom and the Teams, uh, we've learnt uh, quite well how to 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 um, conduct our uh, conferences and. 've also we've also um, you know our traveling has has um, reduced massively and 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 we've learned how to communicate with our overseas operations uh, on a, on a much more uh, consistent uh, and, and and intelligent um, basis so I, I think we've learned a lot from from what we've uh, done over the last three months and and, and we will we will use some of those things to to change our business going forward.
0: Now let's move on to the subject of leadership. I always like to start our conversation on this subject off by asking the same simple question. What does the word leader mean to you? Uh,
1: Somebody who uh, has a vision for what uh, the organization uh, seeks to achieve, and somebody who uh, can bring um, uh, the people who are working within that organization together to achieve that vision and to achieve that objective.
0: Now, of course, uh, leadership comes in many different forms and shapes. How would you describe your own?
1: uh I started my own business in, in, in 1990 and grew to be uh, one of the largest private uh, traders of um, cotton uh, globally uh, and, and built a substantial asset base at the same time. I, I, I think that my um, vision of, of, of leadership is, is well, it's, it's sort of old-fashioned. It's, it, it's servant leadership in, in, in many ways. Um, You know, I see somebody who is um, uh, at the head of an organization as somebody who uh, serves as employees, serves as customers, serves as employee uh, uh, suppliers, um, and and generally seeks to uh, achieve excellence all round, recognizing that um, if everybody is working in the same direction for the greater good then um uh, great results can be achieved mm. uh, i i i i feel very um certain that uh, it's people i mean you know we can have all the ai we can have all the tech and everything that we have in the world but unless you've got the right people and they're all uh motoring in the same direction uh, it, it 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 uh doesn't it doesn't it doesn't achieve the objectives that you want to achieve
0: well, let's talk a bit about where your leadership style has come from. Uh let's go back to the beginning of your career when you first started off your working life. Did you have any particular role models who shaped you in your view?
1: Uh yes, I mean I go back a long time uh in that regard, but I mean I uh, I guess people like um uh John Harvey Jones, um Margaret Thatcher, um you know, the people that I started working out with um when i first started before i started my own business so yeah i, I had, I, had and I and also i was a I, I i i lived the sport so i had some uh, fantastic role models in in the sporting world and people like willie john mcbride and and, and gareth edwards and people like that so mm. you know i i i i feel very uh privileged to have learned from them and also uh, you know I, fairly successful family members who uh, I looked up to um, during that time.
0: Now, of course, one of the most challenging aspects of leadership is dealing with interpersonal issues. Um, when there is conflict that arises, and inevitably it always happens even in the best of situations, how do you resolve it? What's your method?
1: Well, I think listening is is um, one of the most important um, uh, methods of resolving a crisis. I mean, often people have been frustrated uh, about not being able to let things out, and that frustration can boil over. And often, in many cases, people want a, a chance to talk about it. And and if you give people the platform to talk about it, then then you know by the time they've finished talking and 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 and, and you've listened, uh, they've managed they've managed to realize that they've. Um, Got it off their chest, and 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 often, when 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 you find that out, that you can find uh, various channels to to achieve resolution.
0: Now, unfortunately, our time together is limited, uh, but before uh, we start to have to go, I'd like to go through a quick fire round of questions with you. Uh, so, firstly, who in the world today inspires you?
1: Um- well my 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 two heroes in life have been nelson mandela and mm-hmm. and and gandhi um who in the world uh that is alive today mm-hmm. uh that in, in inspires me very difficult with our current set of uh politicians i'm not very inspired by any of them um and anyone difficult. in
0: the field of business
1: um I think Ray Dalio is somebody that I, that I, that I would, that, uh, I have a lot of time for. Um, I think, I think, uh, Ray has built up a fantastic business, um, and, 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 um, recognizes that when you build up, um, that kind of business, it's, it's, it's really about, uh, learning life as you as you continue to go forward and as you continue to challenge yourself and I think he's he's very honest in the assessment of 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 what he's achieved in 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 his career.
0: And if you had one piece of advice to give the next generation entering the workforce, what would it be?
1: Um I don't know. I would I would I would I would say um don't be afraid of risk.
0: Now uh, unfortunately our time together has drawn to its close but before I let you go what does the next 12 months have in store for Plexus Cotton?
1: A uh, very exciting uh 12 months um we we are uh expanding our uh, agricultural platform we are bringing on uh board um some some uh, major um, uh, multilateral organisations to to assist us and and and, and uh, diversify the support that we we have for hundreds of thousands of people in Africa and and we will uh, be uh, diversifying our our product base of our, our crops into into uh, food crops and, and and not only cotton.
0: Well, I'd like to thank you, Nick, very much for coming on the program today, and uh, I'd like to have you back when things get back to some semblance of normalcy, so we can go into a bit more depth of your operation. Nick, thank you. Thank you. That was Nick Erlum, founder and chief executive of Plexus Cotton. And now, if you haven't heard it before, it's Jonathan White's exclusive interview with Sir Andrew Strauss.
2: Hello and welcome. I'm Jonathan White and today we are joined by Sir Andrew Strauss, former captain of the England cricket team and former director of cricket at the ECB. Sir Andrew, thank you very much for joining us today.
3: Real pleasure to be here. Thank you. The
2: pleasure is all of ours, you know, and you've had a distinguished career, as I said, both on and off the pitch in English cricket, recognised not least with your knighthood. ashes series is one of the greatest sporting moments of this country's history now we could chat for hours about that but i know uh i wouldn't be allowed to and 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 you've got (laughs) other places to be so (laughs) we can't do that but i if i may i would love to ask what your highlight was personally for that but perhaps more importantly um as a team how were you able as a group to deal with the pressure no doubt you were feeling
3: yeah, well, the the pressure was like nothing else that I experienced before or after. Because you know, I think it's easy to forget how how much of a holy grail the Ashes was mm. back then. You know, we hadn't won it for so long, and it seemed like we'd come up against these invincible Australian teams year after year. So, you know, the, the closer we got to it, the harder it became. Um, I remember Ashley Giles walking into the dressing room for the f- I think it was in. Final day of the series, and I looked at him, and he looked absolutely terrible—like <laughs> just white of a sheet, grey. He looked like aged about five years. I went, "God, Charlie, you're not looking too good." And he went, "Yeah, it's not surprising. I haven't slept for eight weeks." <laughs> and I went, "Well, join the club." Quite. You know, and I think we'd all been sort of living this behind our own closed doors, and um, yeah, was it, it just an extraordinary thing. And uh, without doubt, the the highlight was. Number one, drawing that game at the oval yes. to make sure we 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 won the ashes, but also the day after, you know, that open top bus parade around London and to understand that we'd broken out of the cricket bubble, that they're just general sports fans or just people that were interested in in seeing England win at something were all engaged and uh, completely besotted by the whole thing. I think that's
2: such a key point now because there's, there's so there were so many people back in two thousand five that may have
3: Players' focus and interest. Um, And we had to move. In fact, we didn't have to move at times. We need to get ahead of the time. (laughs) So, you know, we had to completely shift out both our philosophy, but also the way we played in order to do that. Um, And I was very lucky uh, having both Trevor Bayliss and Owen Morgan, who were prepared to sort of role model that and lead that through. Um, And the second part of your question around the World Cup final was quite extraordinary.
2: I know some fantastically avid cricket fans who were Googling there and then what exactly the rules became. Because I yeah, well, so was, <laughs> it I, was I, actually. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now, Andrew, in your, in your wife's memory, you established the Ruth Strauss Foundation last year. Uh, in doing so, whether you'd admit it or not, yourself and the foundation has become an inspiration to thousands, husbands and wives, mothers and fathers, sons and daughters. Please do take some time, if you wouldn't mind, Andrew